Well, welcome. Good to see everybody that's here tonight. Hope you've had a great week. Looking forward to a great service tonight in the book of Revelation. Uh, again, want to welcome those of you who are there with us online, whether you're on YouTube uh, or Twitter. Uh, you can find us there at HBC Tullahoma. Uh, YouTube is Highland Baptist Tullahoma. Be sure to give us the thumbs up, the likes, the hearts, the shares uh, there. That'll just get the word out even more. Uh, go to our church website, if you will, to highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab there. You can download the worship bulletin for this week. Lots of events that are coming up. Uh, so be sure to pay attention to that. If you don't get our newsletter, let us know at the church office. We'll be glad to send that to you too uh, because we're getting into the holiday times here. Uh, there's lots of things that'll be going on and you won't want to miss uh, any of those things. So download the worship bulletin there. Underneath that also you'll find the children's worship bulletins. Uh, so get that downloaded. And then also tonight's prayer list is under that same tab. So be sure to get that downloaded as we'll go over that uh, tonight during our prayer time. Uh, you want to get that downloaded or printed off or at least have access to it. If you need these in person and you've not gotten one, they are some on the front. If somebody comes in, can you just make sure they get one? Then go to the far right-hand side, click the Give Online tab uh, there, and you can do your online giving. Anybody can do that anywhere, anytime. Uh, or you can put those in the offering envelopes. Uh, those are in the pews in front of you, as well as there are pink envelopes in the windowsills for our golden offering for Tennessee missions. So just want to remind you that you can put that in the offering plate uh, if you're here tonight. And then also just one last thing I want to share with you again, and um, we'll be sharing this with you all through the month of November. We are doing the angel tree program for uh, the Tullahoma Head Start. Uh, we have angels that are on the trees, the Christmas tree out in the foyer uh, there. Be sure to go by and pick one up. Uh, on the front, it'll tell you whether it's a girl or a boy, and it'll tell you all the things on there we wanna, want you to get for that child. Uh, you'll also pick up one of the gift bags that are there on the table too. On the back, which it's not on mine because I've already filled mine out, there'll be a card uh, for you to put your name on. You just pull that card off, place it in the offering plate back there, and that way we'll know which of the angels you got so we'll know who to come hunting down <laughs> when that one doesn't come in. So be sure to get one of these. Uh, we're gonna need these back about the first week of December. Uh, and so we wanted to just continue to remind you about that process so that you can get those uh, done. It's a wonderful opportunity. We're gonna be sharing more on Sunday about that and, and sharing a little bit of the story of, of some of the uh, people who will be recipients of that uh, and, and some of their uh, expression of gratitude that we're even doing this uh, because many times they don't get to be a part of any of the angel tree programs they um, there is another one that salvation army does uh, but many times uh, they don't know when that starts and they miss the deadlines and so we'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, on sunday and then i'll tell you a little bit more a little while later here when we get to the message about revelation so brother mike if you'll come well we try to match the song if we can on with the sermons and that can be difficult sometimes, and then this whole time of him being in Revelation, it's almost been impossible. But hopefully tonight we've got a song that may go with the, uh, the, the sermon tonight or the lesson. Turn to 515, and let's sing, There's a Land That Is Fairer Than Day. All three verses. Miss Pat. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there in the sweet. 
Thank you, Miss Pat. Hopefully you've had a chance to get your prayer list uh, downloaded there uh, online. Um, if you want to give us updates uh, there for uh, the prayer list, I think I probably need to get open here on Facebook so I can follow along. Go over to Facebook, if you will. Uh, that's where we'll be watching live for you to share uh, any of those requests uh, that you may have. So uh, be sure uh, to to put them there. You can also send them to us in an email uh, to highlandbaptisttullahoma at gmail.com or highlandbaptistatcafes.net. Uh, uh, either one of those uh, will work. Or you can just call the church office uh, at 931-455-0645 and leave us a message there, and we'll be glad to get back uh, with you uh, on that. Let me switch over to a different Wi-Fi here. Well, I guess I am on the right Wi-Fi. I'm running slow. Okay, here we go. All right, so if you've got your prayer list downloaded there, let's just kind of uh, go through uh, some of the list here, uh, especially those that are down near the bottom or the, of each section are the newer ones. That's kind of the way we try to organize it in the office so we can uh, kind of move some of those in and out a little bit easier. Uh, those that are more towards halfway and up to the top are more the long-term uh, prayer requests, and so that's kind of why uh, you'll see some of those names continue to stay uh, on there uh, as they are. So just going down to about Kay Fox. Uh, Kay Fox uh, had her knee surgery. She's still doing physical therapy, but she's doing great uh, with that. So we just want to praise the Lord uh, for that and just continue to uplift her uh, in your prayers. Uh, Diane Tatum is going to be having uh, a procedure uh, to have, a, have one of the epidural shots uh, put in uh, her back. Uh, the 18th, I believe, is the date uh, for that. So we want to continue to uplift her in prayer. She's still in a lot of pain even through that process. And Brother Jack, I think, will be having that same type of thing too, right? Yeah. 
So he's going to be having a nerve block on one side and shots on the other side. So do keep him in prayers. And then underneath his name is uh, Rick German. Rick did great with his knee replacement uh, surgery and started doing great with the, with the uh, uh, rehabilitation there. But uh, as you know, it gets harder as you go through, and he's in a lot of pain with that and has some other needs there too. So we want to uplift Rick uh, in our prayers. And then Mary Alice Hood uh, is Martha Brooke Hood and Jared's uh, little baby that was just born in the last few weeks here. Uh, that she is still in the NICU. Uh, I think she, the, what I read today is she weighs nine pounds now, uh, but having some issues still getting her to eat enough. Uh, and so just pray that things will go better there with the breastfeeding and, and uh, feeding her uh, that she'll be able to, I think she has to get to a certain amount that she eats that before they'll send her home. Uh, so uh, keep her uh, in your prayers. Uh, the last I've heard on the nursing home assisted living list there, uh, Miss Susie Barton is still at NHC. I know that at one point they were going to try to uh, bring her home with some care at home, but I don't know that that's uh, in the works yet. They had thought to maybe move her to one of the other uh, homes, but that did not uh, go through. Uh, as you look over on the friends and family side there, uh, just to give you a few updates, uh, let me share with you about Laura Curtis. Uh, she is the pastor's wife uh, at Liberty Baptist in Winchester. Uh, they ran some tests the other day. Mark just uh, let us know this uh, the early part of the week. He's going to be out uh, until after Thanksgiving, but uh, the tests that they've run show that there's no circulation in the extremities of her arm there, so they are going to be looking at taking her arm uh, also. So uh, keep her uh, in your prayers and, and that family in your prayers as they go through uh, that struggle. There was the, the possibility that she, she has already lost her hand. Uh, it's, they were looking at saving it to the elbow, but now they're having to take all the way up, and so keep her in your prayers. Uh, Jay Barbier, uh, he is our youth specialist for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Uh, he is doing well. I think he goes back in about five more months for follow-up uh, with his cancer, but things went well with his chemo. Um, we do want to continue to remember M Maria Lee, who is Governor Lee's wife with her lymphoma uh, cancer. The prognosis there is good. The last report that I heard uh, that uh, they think they've caught everything early enough. Uh, and hopefully in the next few weeks here, we'll know some more uh, on that. Tim Forsyth, uh, who is the associate pastor at Trinity Baptist, uh, is starting chemo treatment. Uh, I believe it's next week, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, they, him and his wife both have had some issues with cancer, so we want to uplift both of them in prayer. Uh, Steve Maybe, uh, we found he did uh, do well through his stuff, but just continue to keep him in your prayers. Um, and then there are a few others that we've added there that I don't have uh, updates on, um, and I don't have an update on Virginia Craig Griffin uh, either. Any other updates that you have or any other prayer requests that you may have that we need to add to the list? Okay, and that's Sarah Sons. Okay, so remember Sarah Sons. Uh, she's had several heart attacks or issue, hearts with heart issues. So keep her uh, in your prayers too. That's one we're adding to the friends and family side there tonight. Anybody else? I don't see any others on Facebook either. So 
So if there's no others, we'll go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. If you are there on Facebook and, or you're on one of the other platforms, you want to go over to Facebook and leave that, we will check it at the end of the service just to make sure that we didn't miss your request. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your loving kindness. Uh, Lord, we do come before you first and foremost to acknowledge any sin that might be in our hearts and our lives because as we come before you, you are a holy and a righteous God. As, as Jesus taught us to pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, holy be your name. And so, Father, I pray that we, as we recognize your holiness, we would recognize any unholiness within ourselves that we might confess before you because we don't want to hold on to any sin in our lives uh, that lest we, our prayers not be heard. We want our prayers to be heard. And you've told us in your word that if we hold on to iniquity, hold on to sin, uh, then you will not hear from heaven. And so, Father, I pray that uh, you will cleanse us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, forgive us of any sin uh, that we've committed, whether it's a sin against you or, or a sin maybe of something that we didn't do that you've commanded us to do in your word. And so, Father, I ask that you would cleanse us with the precious blood of Christ. Hear our hearts, hear our prayer uh, tonight. Lord, there are many that are on our hearts that we want to uplift before you. And we just ask God for your special blessings upon them. We know that you are the great physician. Uh, many of these are physical needs, uh, but we know, Lord, there are many other needs that go along with these sometimes. Uh, there may be individuals who are part of this prayer list who have a physical need who also don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we know that's the most important need that they have. And so, Lord, whether it's a person on this list or maybe a person that's on our hearts, maybe a person in our family uh, or our friends that we know that doesn't know Christ as our Lord and Savior, we just pray right now that you will send the Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, to bring conviction into their hearts, to bring someone across their path to share the gospel with them. Make yourself known to them, Lord, in a powerful way that they might have no excuse that they would hear and see the gospel before them. Uh, and that they would trust by faith in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. But Lord, we pray for each one of these who are on this list, who have these physical needs, as you are the great physician, we just uplift them to you and ask your healing hand to be upon them, Lord, to touch them and show your power and your glory and your majesty in a powerful way as you bring that healing to their lives. Lord, may it be a time of testimony also for us as we hear of the answers to prayers, uh, to be able to tell others about what you have done physically and all that you can do spiritually also for individuals. And so, Father, I just pray that you will use these situations that individuals are going through to bring glory to your name, to make the name of Jesus known uh, throughout the world. And, Lord, we just pray for our missionaries. We pray, Lord, that your blessings will be upon them tonight. Uh, as many of them are meeting in, in church services, Bible studies across the world, we pray, God, that you will just bless them, uh, help them to to be able to have opportunities there to instill the truths of your word into new believers, uh, to see those who are lost come to faith in Christ, and to baptize them and set them on the road to discipleship and following Christ. Lord, we pray for your blessings upon us as a church, Lord, and all that you've called us to do. May, may we be faithful, uh, Lord, that when that day comes, as we're studying in the book of Revelation, that the trumpet sounds, uh, we could have the confidence of knowing in our hearts and in our lives that we have fought the good fight. We have kept the faith. Uh, we have run the race that has been set before us. We have finished the course. And so, Father, I pray that we would be faithful uh, in all that you lay before us, 
faithful to love people, faithful to share with people, uh, faithful to minister to people uh, that the name of Christ might be known. Lord, bless us tonight as we come to the book of Revelation, and we just ask God for your hand to be upon us. Open your word, make it alive, make it powerful, make it exciting. Show us, Lord, as you showed it to John. Help us to see that description uh, of what heaven is like and what the city of the new city of Jerusalem is like, that we might bring glory and honor to you through our worship of you, preparing for that day when we too will be present there face to face with you. We ask your blessings tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Well, take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of Revelation chapter 21. Uh, we're going to specifically uh, be looking at verse 9 down through verse 27, but we're going to go back uh, just a little bit uh, here into verse uh, 1 through verse 8 to kind of reset that stage of what we looked at last week with the new heaven. And so uh, just want to remind you, this is the last month we'll be in the book of Revelation. Brother Mike says, praise the Lord. <laughs> He's ready to find some new, new songs to sing <laughs> with some different things. Uh, and so uh, just want to remind you, uh, I've got a phone call coming in on my devices. Uh, it looked like an 866 number. I think it's uh, insurance <laughs> that's calling. They want to remind you, it's time to do your insurance. They don't realize it's Wednesday night. Uh, there, we do have the numbers charts. I have a couple of those left. Uh, once we finish uh, this month with those, those will be gone. Uh, and then we also have some of the Revelation prophecy charts uh, that you see at, on your screen at home. Uh, if you'll notice on those, if you have yours uh, tonight, uh, we have gone through almost everything here. We're in that final section. So we've done the seven letters to the seven churches, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, uh, the little interlude piece between that and the seven bowls. We've done the thousand-year reign of Christ, the great white throne judgment, and now we're in this part about the new heaven and the new earth. And so we are literally at the end of the book of Revelation in these last two chapters that are going to take us through the end of November. So be sure to get one of those. If you're at home and want one of those, just comment there. Give us a call. We'll be glad to send one of those out to you free of charge uh, for that. And so uh, it's a great resource that you can have to use to study. If you've missed uh, any of those messages, uh, you can go to any of those platforms that we're on, and those are still recorded there. Uh, you can go back and find them Wednesday nights or where we do the book of Revelation. Sunday morning and Sunday night is where we're doing the life of Jesus. Uh, and so I uh, encourage you to go back and look at any of those. There may be some where uh, you just didn't understand everything we were talking about. We had so much to go through. Uh, it's a good thing to go back through some of those. Uh, you can go to YouTube and you can find them all there uh, fairly easily uh, there on YouTube. And, and so uh, anytime you have any issues there too with our broadcast, please let us know. Make some comments there on Facebook. Uh, that's where we're watching, of course, and we'll be able to hopefully correct some of those things and some of those issues. Well, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 and verse 2 is where I want to start tonight. We have looked at these verses last week, but we're, so we're going to move through this part as quickly as possible to get to verse 9. So John says, as he's receiving this vision uh, in heaven from God, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned 
for her husband. And so we got that picture just at the beginning last time of the new heavens and the new earth. Now we're going to come back in and focus a little bit tighter here uh, in these verses uh, to look at the new Jerusalem in particular. And so in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 10, we're told that Abraham was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. You know, as, as Abraham was a sojourner, uh, he had left his, his home place in the, in the place of Ur there and was following where God was leading him one step at a time, one day at a time. He said, I'll show you a place that I've got prepared for you. Well, that's what he's doing for us. He's shown us here in the book of Revelation the place that he has prepared for us here in heaven. And so, and this new Jerusalem that we're going to experience. That's what Abraham was looking forward to, the city uh, that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So just like Abraham was looking for that city, we ought to be looking for that city. Every Christian ought to be looking for heaven. Every Christian ought to be longing for heaven. And every Christian ought to be living for heaven. You know, Billy Sunday, the great evangelist, once said, if we could get a real appreciation of what heaven is, we'd, we'd all be so homesick for heaven that the devil wouldn't have a friend left on the earth. You know, last week we mentioned this passage here, but the Bible actually teaches us, as we talked about last week, that there are three heavens. There's, first of all, uh, the atmospheric heavens. That's the heavens that are immediately above us, where the birds fly, where the storms are. The you know, storm's coming into, into Florida uh, tonight and tomorrow. Uh, so pray for those people uh, also. Uh, then there are the planetary heavens. You think about the stars in the sky. You think about the sun. You think about the planets uh, that are out there. Uh, that are that are there day in and day out but then there is what the bible calls the third heaven paul said this in second corinthians chapter 12 verse 2 he said i know a man in christ and he was speaking about himself i know a man in christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven whether in the body or out of the body i do not know god knows so uh, this is the third heaven uh, that we're looking at to here tonight this is where god lives and so somebody has said that we see the first heaven by day we see the second heaven by night because that's the stars and we see the third heaven by faith and that's so true because we're given in this wonderful passage here of Scripture a glimpse of glory. Uh, we're given a snapshot, if you will, of this third heaven. And it's really an unbelievable scene for us. Even though it's an accurate description, I'm not sure that it's a, an exhaustive description because the Scripture says, eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. And so I think there's still more to this. You know, there was a little boy that was out walking one night with his grandfather, and it was one of those beautiful starlit nights, and the sky was this dark uh, bluish black, and it seemed like these millions of stars were just dancing in the skies as it, they were twinkling. This little boy, he pulled on his grandfather's coattail, and he said, Grandpa, if heaven's so beautiful on the outside, I wonder what it looks like on the inside. Wow. Here in these verses... We're given a look at the inside uh, where our home will be for eternity as believers in Jesus Christ. So we're going to look specifically uh, tonight at this capital city of heaven, this new Jerusalem. So the first point I want you to see from these verses is the location of this city. 
the location of this city. So as we think about this city, two things jump to our attention as we have read there in verse 1 and verse 2. It's a real place. It's a real place. So notice John emphasizes in these two verses here that this new heaven and this new earth and this new Jerusalem are real places that he actually saw. Uh, This city is not just some spiritual figment of somebody's sanctified imagination, if you will. It's a literal place. Uh, You're going to see as we get down to verse 15 to verse 17, uh, we're given the measurements of this city. You can't measure something that's a figment, something that's an idea. Uh, In verses 18 to verse 21, you're given the materials uh, of this city. And so if it's a figment here or something of the imagination, what's the point of these materials then? You know, so both of these signify that this is a real place. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 2, I go to prepare a place for you. Heaven isn't just some, it's not some otherworldly nothingness that can't be seen. It's a real, literal, actual place. Heaven is more real than this earth. As a matter of fact, the heaven you can't see is more real than the heaven you can see. And so notice also that it is a renewed place. It is a renewed place. You see that in verse 1 and verse 2 also. Notice he says, when I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And then you go down to verse 2 and he says, I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem. So it's renewed. You go down to verse 5. And verse 5 says, and he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Uh, Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So uh, this means uh, not just new in time, but new in kind. Uh, That is, it's going to be a different kind of heaven, a different kind of earth. We know this because, uh, as we saw last week, we're specifically told in verse 1 that there was no more sea. So there's not going to be any more sea Uh, on this new heaven, this new earth. It's going to be a far different world than the world we currently live in. Uh, This world is going to pass away because this world is doomed. Satan may be the ruler of this world right now, but he's selling a sinking ship. He's ruling a, a doomed domain, if you will. This world is going to go up in smoke. And so Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, And verse 10, he says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens, what we talked about here in Revelation, will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. That's the the stars and the sun and the planets. Uh, The heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth, the land that we live on, and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Uh, You know, what do you think causes this kind of cataclysmic, explosive burning up? Is it nuclear? Is it uh, something from inner earth with the, with the molten lava from the inner earth? Is it something from outer space that causes all this? We don't know, but we know that he says it's all going to be burned up. It's all going to dissolve away. You know, this world was not only created by God, it's also going to be cremated by God. But you don't need to worry as a believer about this too much. Someone once said to Mark Twain, I'm afraid the world's coming to an end. And Mark Twain just laughed and said, that's all right. We can get along without it. And that really is true. 
He was right. So this world uh, will be the same world, but it'll be a different world. It'll be a world made new, a world purged with fire. So think about that. How do we know that? Because think about ourselves. When you become a believer in Christ, before you were a believer in Christ, you were an old creation. You were an old creature. When you come to faith in Christ, what do you become? A new creation, a new creature in Christ. Uh, and, and so uh, we are new creatures. When we got saved, we became a new creation. I'm the same, but I'm a new me. And yet, I'm still me, purged by the fires of redemption. When I die, I'm going to get a new body. It's going to be the same body, but it'll be a new body, yet it'll be my body because I'll be known then as I'm known now. I'll have a new body purged by uh, the fire of resurrection. In fact, we read that Jesus, his glorified body, is the kind of body we're going to receive. Did the disciples recognize him? Of course they did. So if they recognize Jesus, and that's the kind of new body that we're going to get, there's going to be some form of recognition about us, but it's going to be a new us. Uh, and so uh, one of these days, uh, there's going to be a new earth. It'll still be the same earth, uh, but a new earth, and yet it'll be this earth that'll be purged by the fires of, of regeneration. That is, it's going to be the same earth, but it'll be a new set of clothes, if you will. Uh, the psalmist said this in Psalm 102, in verse 25 and verse 26, of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Verse 26 says, they will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. So it's like we get a new robe, a new earth here. Uh, so as a matter of fact, this new earth is going to be so different from the old one, the old one will be forgotten. Remember what we read about last week in Isaiah? Isaiah 65, verse 17 said, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. So you're not going to be thinking about the old world. You're going to be so enamored with the new world, the new heavens, the new earth, uh, the, the new city of Jerusalem, that you're not even going to think about Tullahoma. It's going to pale in comparison uh, to, to the new Jerusalem. Uh, secondly, I want you to see the loveliness of this city, the loveliness of this city. Now, I know that this city is going to be a beautiful city because as we read there in verse 2, it is a, as a bride adorned for her husband. You ever seen a bride that wasn't beautiful? I mean, they're always decked out to the hilt, uh, the different styles and different ways that people uh, dress for their, for their weddings, but they're always beautiful. Uh, you know, this city is beautiful for two reasons. One of the reasons is because of the presence of God. So look at verse 3, if you will, here in chapter 21. He says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. So now what really makes heaven to be heaven is the presence of God. So heaven is where God is. He lives with us. He dwells with us. Uh, we'll be his people, and he'll be our God. You know, once God walked in the garden uh, with man every day in the Garden of Eden, you know, daily fellowship was enjoyed there between Adam and Eve and God. But then they sinned, and that fellowship was broken. But there's going to come another day when he will once again walk with his children, not in a garden, but in glory, not in time, but for all eternity. And we'll no longer have to pray, our Father who art in heaven. You ever 
thought about that? We won't have to pray our Father who art in heaven because we'll be in heaven with our Father. Uh, he'll walk with us and talk with us and tell us we are his very own. Uh, and so what a great day that's going to be. So we see the presence of God is what makes heaven. And then we also see the absence of of grief. Now we talked some about this last week also, but look at verse 4 again. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That's one of the most thrilling verses in all of the Bible for those who are believers, because when human hands wipe away tears in earthly cities, those tears always return. But when heavenly hands wipe away our tears in an eternal city, they're never going to return. So just think of it. There's going to be no more broken homes and no more broken hearts and no more broken hopes and no more broken health. There's going to be no more pain and no more moaning and no more groaning and no more sighing and no more dying and no more crying and no more sickness and no more suffering and no more sorrow. It's going to be wonderful to be in a land where there's no hospitals and no medicine and no doctors, no graves, no cemeteries. <coughs> there's not going to be any obituary columns. There's not going to be any funeral processions on those golden streets because death is swallowed up in victory. What a beautiful picture that we see here in the loveliness of this city. But notice also the law of this city. Any city has to have laws because every city has to have order. And there's three that I want you to see here that rule this city. There's the law of satisfaction. Look down to verse 6. Verse 6 says, He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. Now, when you read that in verse 6, it is done, what does that sound to you like? Jesus on the cross when he says it is finished. So we know this is Jesus who is speaking. You know, every thirst, he goes on to say there that he is <coughs> going to give from the spring of water of life without uh, payment. Uh, every thirst, every God-given desire is going to be totally fulfilled. It's going to be completely satisfied because Jesus is going to be supplying all of our needs. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Now, you know the Alpha and the Omega are the first letter and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Jesus, in other words, is the beginning of it all. He's the conception of, of all things. Uh, he's also the consummation of all things, and he's the connection of all things in between. Uh, and he'll satisfy every thirst, and he'll fulfill every hunger. Notice the second law is the law of service in verse 7. He says, the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So we're plainly told that we're going to inherit all things. We're going to be executors and administrators, if you will, as it were, of God's estate. You think back to Adam and Eve in the garden. When, when uh, God placed Adam in the garden, he gave him the administration, the, the inheritance there, the dominion over this earth. He told him to reign over it and to rule over it. But Adam sinned. And he forfeited that inheritance and lost his first estate. But God is going to restore man's lost inheritance through his second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will once again rule and reign and serve the living God. Now you see, heaven's not only a place of resting, it's also a place of ruling. 
is not just a place of leisure, it's also a place of labor. And that may disappoint some, thinking, well, I was just going to sit around and, and eat grapes all day and have the angels fan me and, and just relax and, you know, whatever, like I'm on vacation or something. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's not any kind of vacation I've ever been on. We'll get my wife doing that. <laughs> Chapter 22 and verse 3 tells us this, that in heaven his servants will worship him or serve him. So Jesus once told a parable uh, of the talents, and he said to the man who had been faithful with the ten talents, he said, you will be faithful over ten cities. God is getting us ready down here to do a great work for him over there. Uh, so I'm afraid that the average Christian does see heaven as some sort of eternal retirement home, if you will, where you're sitting around on those fluffy uh, white clouds plucking a harp or something, uh, fanned by those angels. But th that picture is not biblical. It's not only unbiblical, in a sense, it's ungodly because we're not going to be doing nothing forever because there's a work to do in heaven. In, in fact, if you've read through any of what we've read through in the book of Revelation, when we've looked at the scene of heaven, we've seen they've been worshiping around the throne. That's one of the things we're going to be doing. We're going to be finding new ways that we've never experienced before of worshiping face to face our Lord and Savior. You know, sometimes here, when we're trying to worship, we get distracted by things. We get distracted by our watch. We get distracted by our, our tummy because we're hungry. Or we get distracted by what somebody else is doing. In heaven, there's not going to be any of that distraction. Your focus is going to be on Jesus there in heaven. Your focus is going to be on God the Father. And we'll be worshiping him and serving him forever and ever. But notice there is also the law of security. Notice verse 8. He says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Heaven is going to be a sweet safe, secure place to live. You're not going to need to lock your doors at night because there won't be any night. Uh, there's not going to be any need to fear criminals because there won't be any criminals. There won't be any policemen, no jails, no, no courts. Uh, righteousness and holiness will abound because all of those people that verse 8 tells us, they're going to be in the lake of fire, the second death. And so you can rest assured you're going to be secure there in heaven, in this new city, this new Jerusalem. Notice also the luster of this city. This is a city that is not only uniquely beautiful, it is beautifully unique. It's a mysterious city. It's a mysterious city. So look with me, if you will, as we get more into this new Jerusalem in verse 9 down through verse 11. It says, Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the last seven plagues and spoke to me. So this is one of those who we read about earlier who had poured out those, those bowls of plagues. He speaks to him and says, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance, like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. And so twice we're told that this city comes down 
out of heaven. It's almost as if it's hovering over this new earth, and yet it's going to be a part of the new heaven. But most importantly, we're told that it's going to have the glory of God, as verse 11 says. Now, that's a great mystery. The glory of God is one of the mysterious subject, most mysterious subjects in all the Bible. I mean, how do you describe the, the, the iridescent glory of God? I mean, can you just imagine a place where the glory of God abounds? You know, think about Solomon. When Solomon built uh, that magnificent temple that he built, the Bible says when the glory of God filled that magnificent temple, it was so great and so mighty that the priests couldn't continue ministering. They couldn't even go in because of the glory of God. They had to leave the building. You can see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 14. And that's why it's going to be so exciting there in heaven because it is a mysterious place in that respect. And, and I believe we'll have an eternity to explore uh, this new home, this new city of this new Jerusalem. But there are some things we do know about this city. Notice it's a massive city. It's a massive city. Look at verse 12. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels and on the gates the name of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations on them, <clears throat> had 12 foundations and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia, its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. So this city is, the description we have here is that it's gonna be a perfect cube in this respect. It's gonna have the same length, the same height, the same breadth. The length, the width, the breadth of this city will be 1,200 stadia or furlongs. Uh, 1,200 furlongs equals 1,500 miles. You thought about that? A city that is 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles deep, uh, just uh, 1,500 miles tall. Just picture a city that could begin on the top of Maine and go all the way down to the tip of Florida. It's so huge that it would cover all of Ireland, all of Britain, all of France, all of Spain, all of Germany, all of Austria, all of Italy, all of European Turkey, all of uh, European Russia, all those combined. 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, and 1,500 miles high. Now, why is it so large? Well, I believe this is one of the ways God is telling us that there's room for everybody who wants to go to heaven. Think about it. This world didn't have any room for God's son when he came to this earth, but God has enough room for all of the world that wants to come to him. What a massive city this is going to be. It's also a majestic city. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 down to verse 20. 
Now remember, he's already told us that the wall was made of jasper. So it was built of jasper while the city was pure gold like clear glass. Verse 19, the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh uh, chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty, and the Lamb. What a city. I mean, think about it. The streets are gold. You think about the streets that we live on here in Tullahoma as well as many other places. They need repairing all the time. But this is going to be a, a city that's going to have streets of gold uh, that we're going to be able to walk on. And, and, and not just 24 karat gold, but 100% pure gold. So pure that the Bible says it's like crystal glass. It's transparent. Uh, there are gates of pearl, and here we're told that each gate will be one solid pearl. You ever seen a pearl that big? Not me. One solid pearl will be each gate. There will be walls of jasper, and, and embedded in those walls are going to be precious jewels uh, like sapphires and emeralds and so many others. Just think of all the beauty of those colors being reflected with the light of the Lamb that's just going to radiate through the whole place. I mean, you think about a rainbow, this is going to be ma rainbows magnified over and over uh, with, the, with the beautiful colors that you're going to see. How beautiful that's going to be. What a majestic city that our eternal home is going to be. I mean, think about the, the Grand Canyon, the Hawaiian Islands, the Alps, the Taj Mahal. Those are just dumps compared to our heavenly home. I mean, we think those places are beautiful. It don't even compare to heaven. And so how good and how precious our God is and how much our God must love us to prepare a place like that for us. Think about that. You may have grown up poorest of the poor, but with Jesus, you're the richest of the rich. Whew, that's awesome, isn't it? Notice the Lord of this city. We want to go back to verse 5 and verse 6. And so when we look at the Lord of this city, verse 5 says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Jesus Christ is the Lord of this city. He is the sum and the substance of heaven. Listen, it's not pearly gates uh, that make it heaven. It's not golden streets that make it heaven. It's not the angelic choirs that make it heaven. You could lock the gates, you could close the streets, you could shut down the choir, but if you still have Jesus, you'd still have heaven. 
Somebody said some once, they said this, the light of heaven is the face of Jesus, the joy of heaven is the presence of Jesus, and the melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. The harmony of heaven is the praise of Jesus. The theme of heaven is the work of Jesus. The employment of heaven is the service of Jesus. The duration of heaven is the eternity of Jesus, and the fullness of heaven is Jesus himself. So understand this, where Jesus is, is that will be heaven notice the lord is the light of this city go back down to verse 23 so in verse 23 it said and the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of god gives its light and its lamp is the lamb by its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and its gates will never be shut by day and there will be no night there and they will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations but nothing unclean will ever enter it uh, we'll go back to that verse in, in just a moment uh, jesus is not only the light of this world we know that from the new testament from the gospels he is also the light of his world uh, this is a world where there is no night uh, but even without night there has to be light and the light of this world is jesus revelation 22 and verse 5 says this and night will be no more they will need no light of the lamp or sun for the lord god will be their light and they will reign forever and ever there won't be any need for the sun no need for the moon or the stars no need for electric power because jesus will be the light of that city as isaiah said long ago in isaiah chapter 60 and verse 19 he said the sun shall be no more your light by day nor for brightness shall the moon give you light but the lord will be your everlasting light and your god will be your glory and so the lord is the light of that city but the lord is also the life of this city read over if you will into chapter 22 and verse 1 and verse 2 here there won't be any generators or water towers or nuclear power plants just a river of life and a tree of life notice verse 1 says the angel showed me the river of the water of life brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb through the middle of the street of the city also on either side of the river the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations now we're going to come back and look at that tree more in depth next time but but know this I believe here both of these really speak about Jesus because Jesus is the living water and Jesus is the life he is going to sustain us for all eternity you know Margaret Clarkson wrote a poem about heaven and I think it uh, the way she wrote it the way she ended it describes heaven perfectly no sorrow there no sighs no tears no grief no pain no doubt no fears no burdened souls, no weariness, no shattered lives, no loneliness. No aching hearts, no dark despair, no loss, no death, no sorrow there. What are we going to experience in heaven? Eternal joy, eternal light, eternal love, eternal right, eternal praise, eternal truth, eternal strength, eternal youth, eternal morn, eternal spring, and Jesus Christ, eternal King just looking at this and trying to describe this from from my perspective in this feeble message in this brief moment here i've done the best but it reminds me of a story of a little boy who was born blind and the doctors in this case had determined they could 
possibly perform surgery and correct, uh, they believed, this little boy's blindness. And so they did perform this surgery on this little boy. And in the next scene, this, they, were, they were in a doctor's office. They were unwrapping the gauze from around this little boy's head. And he removes the pads from over this little boy's eyes. And, and the doctor says, now, son, just, just open your eyes very slowly. And as he does, the doctor can see by the smile that's twitching on his face that this boy can already see the light. And the boy opens his eyes and, and he begins to blink and, and his eyes begin to focus more. And, and, and when he does, the first thing he sees is the face of that doctor. And he turns next and he sees the face of the nurse. And, and then he turns to the other side and he sees for the first time the face of his mother. And for the first time he sees a mother's tears because she's crying for joy. He gets up and he walks over to the window and he opens it and the curtains. And for the first time, he saw what so often we take for granted. He saw the sky, uh, but not just the sky, a beautiful blue sky. He saw the grass, but not just the grass, that, that beautiful, green, glorious grass. And he looked and he saw a rose, but not just a rose, but a ruby red rose. And finally he turned and he looked at his mother and he said with tears in his eyes, Mama, why didn't you tell me how beautiful all this was? And she said, Son, all your life I tried to tell you but you had to see it for yourself. I can try all day long, just as John tries to here in the book of Revelation to describe it, but you're just gonna have to see it for yourself. And I hope you will see it for yourself. Notice here, let me just say that you're gonna need to see it for yourself, but the only select group that'll ever see this city is those that are found in verse 27 where he says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. The only ones who will ever be granted entrance into this holy city, the only ones who will have a home reserved in this place called heaven are those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So the question is, when the roll is called up yonder, Will your name be called or will your number be up? I beg you and I plead with you. I urge you with all the urgency and emergency of our soul and our heart. Don't miss heaven. You're going to miss the greatest thing you could ever experience. Being with Jesus. Not being on the streets of gold. Not seeing those jasper walls and all those jewels in the walls. Not even uh, just seeing the river flowing through uh, the, the city there. Even that tree of life. But Jesus himself who will give you eternal life forever in the new Jerusalem. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. What a beautiful picture you have painted for us through the eyes of John. And Lord, I pray that uh, we have at least seen a glimpse to the inside of heaven and what it's going to be like. Lord, it's beyond comparison for us to even really try to put it into words. And we know that even these verses that we've read are, are our feeble attempt to understand what John saw himself. And so, Father, I pray that as the most important part of this passage comes in that last verse, that the only ones who are going to be able to be able to see this city for themselves are those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the only way to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life is to know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. So, Father, I pray that you would use this passage tonight to speak to the hearts of those who 
have never trusted by faith in Jesus. Lord, that they would call out to you and say, Dear God, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I believe in what Jesus did, that he died on that cross, that he was resurrected from the grave on the third day. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and to save me and to help me to live for you all the days of my life. I repent of my sin. I turn away from it and I turn to follow you. Lord, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And Father, I pray that they would be able to have that confidence if they have said something like that in their prayer, meaning it with all their heart. They have truly professed their faith in Christ. Lord, that they would begin to live for you and to make known to others the place called heaven. Lord, I pray for us as believers, Lord, that we'll learn more about heaven, we'll fall more in love with heaven, Lord, that we'll fall more in love with Jesus, and that we couldn't wait, Lord, to get there one day. And Lord, that we would be so excited about heaven, Lord, that we would be telling others the good news of the gospel message before it's too late. Lord, bless this message in the days ahead. Not only the reading of it and the hearing of it, but the keeping of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I almost want to hear y'all sing New Jerusalem again. <laughs> all right. That's, that, that song just keeps ringing around in my head all as I was studying for this passage tonight. New Jerusalem song. That's a great song. If you can find it there on YouTube, great song. Uh, listen to it. But thank you so much for joining with us there uh, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all those different platforms, our phone live streaming also. Uh, do we have any prayer requests that were listed there? I don't see any on mine. So thank you so much for being here with us. We'll be back Sunday morning, 9.15 for Sunday school, 10.30 for worship. You come and join us as we study more about the life of Jesus. You have a blessed week, and we'll see you this Sunday.